It is incredibly easy to play Monday morning quarterback and criticize the decision made by leaders. However, over the last 48 hours, just seeing how Ledger is handling this crisis that's on their hands right now brings up a lot of talking points and lessons that can be applied to anything that we're doing because they have really dropped the ball and I'm learning quite a bit from their thinking process and it really makes me think what is going on over there? Who is making the decisions? So we're going to dive into that today and really explain what the state of crypto is right now, how the markets are reacting to this. Of course, NFT communities are having their meetings and what have you has been a very interesting 24 to 48 hours. So I have to revisit the story and dive into the latest developments. Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. So on episode 472, I explained that Ledger is in full damage control after rolling out their Ledger Recover feature. Now, in case you didn't listen to that episode, I highly recommend it. Just go back to that without going into all of that, summarizing it. It is just a feature that allows people to recover their seed phrases using their IDs and a device. So no need for a newbie to write down those seed phrases. That has caused a lot of controversy. People are questioning exactly what's going on over there at Ledger, how secure is the device, and so forth. Well, the thing that I'm noticing the most as they're doing this apology tour, if you will, it's really an explanation tour, but Honestly, it sounds like an apology tour. And the thing that really strikes me as surprising as when I'm hearing these executives and various people from the team speak, it's almost as if they are hurt by the response from the crypto community. The OGs have turned on Ledger. Now, it is kind of funny because it really shows that they didn't fully understand exactly who they were serving. But going into this whole thing, they're saying that they are a little shocked by the videos that they're seeing on Twitter of people smashing their ledgers, burning them, and so forth. And I was listening to an interview with the Bankless team. And even in that, they were saying, you know, they were a little surprised by how the decision or the announcement was received by the community. Well, first of all, I could have told you that this was not going to be received properly. But in hearing all the different explanations and the stories of what's going on behind the scenes and how this has not changed their values as a company, it just makes it very clear that they did not truly understand who they are. And if you listen to my podcast, when I was speaking about an avatar as to who I'm speaking to, I did that in episode number 465. And I explained that the whole concept behind having an avatar is understanding exactly which person is going to be most receptive to the voice, the message of the brand, the story of whatever is being communicated. And when it comes to the ledger avatar, their key customer, the whole time for their existence, they have been priding themselves on self-custody and security and all of those different things. So they built up an OG community that's very diehard. Any of these NFT founders, all the project founders, they always recommend their community to go get a ledger. People aren't getting hacked and scammed and everything as easily with the ledgers because you have to take so much more steps. And they always say, first step is to get a ledger, secure your NFTs. With these phishing scams and people are getting access to their wallets and then they were just losing everything, a lot of communities were chipping in and buying back various assets so those people could re remain members of the community. However, as things got really crazy during peak bull market when there was just so much money involved that scammers were in this space like you wouldn't imagine, some of the communities made the shift to say that, you know what, we're not buying back your things anymore. We're not helping you to get your things unless you have a ledger. And 
The reason why they made that claim is because all these people had their hot wallets and they were losing hundreds and thousands of dollars worth of NFTs and it just became ridiculous. So I remember in particular the Apocalyptic Aches with 50, he used to really sit down with his community and they were buying back people's stolen goods and just got out of hand. There were so many people getting scammed and the same thing happened. He had someone come over from the Ledger team, explain the security of it and really onboarded the team and the family, the community and that was just not unique to them. That was really the thing, the standard for pretty much any of the good NFT communities. Go get a ledger, onboard the everybody in it that way. Now, once all this news came out with what they're doing with Ledger Recover, the possibility of having that seed phrase exported and split up between three different locations or companies, I should say, and then reassembled, of course, all in an encrypted format as an alternative to keeping the 24 word seed phrase that set off all the red flags, and that's what I was talking about, the huge controversy of everything. And over the last 48 hours, when they're doing this apology tour that I was explaining earlier, it's been a total mess in the sense that it's like they never truly realized how damaging or how divisive this would have been for the NFT community or the crypto community, I should say, as the hardcore OGs that have been asking for a lot of features and they've been putting it out there. Well, how do you expect that those features have been implemented without firmware updates. So the fact that they are so up in arms about the firmware updates, it's like, wow, they can't believe that they're so upset about this. But again, it's not understanding those core people. Going back to the avatar of the person that they were speaking to all along, it was about security, self-custody, and having everything locked down. So now offering this thing is speaking to a completely different avatar and by doing so they have polarized their ogs the people that have built them to where they are now let me just explain exactly what they're trying to do if you look at the vast majority of people that own crypto it's not even close the majority of them do not have it in self-custody they have it on exchanges such as coinbase kraken binance and so forth believe it or not people even have crypto stored with Robinhood. PayPal's processing transactions now. It's absolutely pretty crazy. There's a lot of options using traditional custodial options. So they're looking at the whole thing and saying, you know what? We have built this business and we have pretty much taken it as far as we can get with these hardcore DGENs and the cypherpunks that want everything self-custodial, everything locked down and wants their crypto to be like Fort Knox. Let's reach out to those people that are on Binance, those people that are on Robinhood and so forth. And if you just look at the numbers, it's not even close. And I know these, this is not an apples to apples comparison, but various sources, depending on where you look, the total market size for these crypto wallets, these hardware wallets, is about 300 million. And of course, the most popular set of devices come from the ledger, so they really have become the king in that. However, when it looks to the vast majority, and I know, as I said, this is not apples to apples comparison because now I'm going from a hardware number to an account balance, right? So this is not perfect, but it's very hard to find this data because a lot of this stuff is not public, public information. These aren't publicly traded companies that are releasing, releasing their numbers on the regular. But by the looks of things, in 2023, Robinhood, which is really known for their free stock platform, but they also have crypto. It has been reported that they have 11.6 billion of crypto assets on the platform. PayPal, again, very hard to find recent numbers and what have you, but 2021, 
they were processing and holding up to $25 billion. And those are not two players that we necessarily think of when we're talking about crypto. So think of all those PayPal account holders, all those Robinhood holders that have their stocks and so forth. They just might dabble into crypto. Well, those are the type of people that do not want to have seed phrase written down. They just want to look at their password, have things text to their phone number, whatever, in case they forget it. That's how they want to log in with their fingerprints and so forth. That is what they're used to, and they're not ready to make that jump. So in order to, for Ledger to grow their base, they're going to have to expand out to grow their business. Because from a marketing standpoint, a business standpoint, it's wiser if you have a fraction of a percent of a large market than, say, 80% of a very small market. Now, the Ledger hardcore user is a very small percent of the total population. And when you're looking at these business are and how these companies are forecasting, where they make their investments and what to go after, and how even VCs invest into various things, they look at something called a TAM, or a Total Addressable Market. And the hardcore DGEN that wants everything self-custodial, they do not trust banks, they do not trust the government, they do not trust the dollar, those people are very rare. They're few and far between. Now, they're a growing number of people, but still, compared to the total addressable market of all the people that have their money stored at the banks, that have their crypto stored on exchange, it's just a small fraction. So in order for Ledger to really grow and become a massive company, make the most profit, most bang for the buck, they want to appeal to a larger market. So of course, this feature is not going to appeal to the people that have been in the space before 2022, right? The people that have been in the space in 2012, 2008, figuring out this stuff right as Bitcoin launched, they're not interested in having their seed phrase stored with anywhere else. They're not interested in all of these new developments that are being released in the firmware. All they want is a safe place to lock down their crypto. So, of course, they are going to be the loudest, the most offended, and have the most polarizing response to this update. And, of course, when you go to Twitter... Normally, it's the polls that are the loudest. Whether you're 100% for something, 100% against, those people are making the most noise. But for the vast majority of people, the 80% in the middle are pretty silent. So in this case, now they are really storming to Twitter. They're making some amazing, for the better or worse, content. And honestly, it sounds like the Ledger team is a little offended by it. But here's the thing. In addressing the larger addressable market, they sort of made their decision. But again, I know hindsight is 2020, so it's easy for me to look back on this 48 hours after the fact and say, hey, you know what? They should have did this. But if you really think about it, even after realizing that this thing is not going as well as planned, the team needed to get together and say, hey, this is how we're going to address this thing. This is how we're going to roll this out, how we're going to go. Like, it seems like that did not happen. And the responses and the things that I'm hearing at the moment right now, it is not helping their cause. And I'm sorry, but it just seems like they did not understand their audience at all or their customers, if you will. But going back to this whole thing. Now, in hindsight, this is what I think they should have done. And again, I know I'm not the executive. I'm not the one who made this decision, the call. So it's easy for me to criticize from the sidelines, just make a podcast from Jamaica and criticize what these <laughs> leaders are doing over here in France with this company. But if they wanted to address this larger market, knowing very well that their people are so hardcore, so passionate, and they already have that loyal fan base, if you will, the customer base, rather than trying to use everything they already have in place to appeal to the larger addressable market, 
I think they should have released a new device. They should have made it like the Ledger 101 or something. Now, granted, it's running the same exact firmware. And honestly, if you listen to their explanations, this is not a hardware feature. This is a software feature within the device. So if they had this other device come out, the 101, yeah, it's not necessary to launch a new device, but just for the psychology of the hardcore person that's already using their Nano X, their Nano S, or the stack, if they came out with this thing called the 101 or whatever, I'm just using it as a name because 101 is like an introductory, that could have been like their new stepping stone, their new baby, the intro to crypto. And that one could have been pre-bundled with this ledger recover feature. And it's a shame that they didn't think about this ahead of time, thinking that, hey, everyone's going to start to think and wonder, well, does that mean my current device is compromised? If this can export a seed phrase and what have you, well, what's going on here? Because to everyone's understanding prior to this, it's like that secret key, private key, whatever you want to call it, it was in like an untouchable box. And there was no way for it to be exported or accessed from the outside. Now, it turns out that is a misunderstanding of it. And each time that you actually sign or you give permission for your device to share that information that's taking place. However, I don't think a lot of people really fully understood that. So there was definitely a knee-jerk reaction to the idea of the seed phrase being exported in three parts, double encrypted, and then stored elsewhere for recovery purposes. That was just ridiculous. Not to mention the fact that IDs would have to be submitted in order to use the service. Okay, what's going on here? Because Obviously, the first place my mind went and a lot of people, that's what they've been honestly uh, have been addressing and defending for the longest time. Who's to say that this can't open up some sort of back door for the government down the line, right? If you are so secure, if you're so afraid and you are so diehard and thinking that, you know what? government controlling these funds and crypto assets and whatever is not in the best interest of development and of the people, then of course you want to have your thing the most secure as possible. And that was always the idea that that's what Ledger helped to do. But now we have this dilemma. The hardcore person that is very focused on that, not just the person who is having some NFTs, just wants a digital identity, having some fun here and there, maybe flipping into some coins, but I'm talking about the person who is really banking millions or billions of dollars of assets being secure using these ledger devices, well, they definitely have a thing on their hand. Because think of it, there's a lot of ETH, SOL, or Bitcoin OGs that bought in at the bottom and they rode that thing to the top and they have huge fortunes at stake here. So let's just say 10 years from now, all crypto is outlawed. Well, that's going to be a huge huge security problem knowing that hey there could be this back door and the government could easily come in and take it and confiscate it depending which jurisdiction they're in that is a scary thought and that is what they opened up that pandora's box of thoughts in the og's mind right now so now they're having to scramble and try to calm that down while trying to explain why what they did is not what they think it is and it's just a total mess out there so if you've been in twitter spaces if you've been on the crypto feed and just seeing people's response. It's so polarizing. Why are people so bent out of shape? That's what's going on right now. And it's honestly, it's, it's a shame because a week ago, everyone loved Ledger. And now it's a total mess. And it's very interesting to say. Now, my position still hasn't changed. As I said, I've always had my concerns about it. But I think what would be most telling is how the team actually handles this and addresses it. In the long run, I think Ledger is going to be more profitable than ever before. They're going to that larger addressable market. And honestly, if they were a publicly traded company, 
I would say this would be the time to buy the stock. And I would definitely buy into it simply because right now it is tanking. It is going down bad. The community is against them and they are not popular right now. So if there was any time to buy into Ledger and say, hey, if again, if this is a publicly traded company, I know this is not, I would be like, yep, I'm going to put a couple hundred dollars over here, see what happens. And in three years from now, when they have all those Robinhood users and Coinbase users using Ledger devices, I think in the long run, they're going to be much better off collecting all those subscription fees for the recover feature. But right now they're just weathering the storm. So I truly believe that the OGs are just going to find another solution. I don't think there's really any saving the hardcore, the original people that have been in the space for five, 10 years. I think they're going to jump ship and they're not going to ever come back to Ledger. However, that's going to open up the door for more companies to come into the space innovation and competition is always a good thing. So that's going to really foster that in. But at the same time too, in the long run, I think Ledger, after calming this storm and weathering this, they're going to be in a better position financially as a company. And they'll only learn from this mistake. And I think all of us can learn from this because communication is key. And where they really failed in this is communicating to their people. And even from a psychological standpoint, as I said, just releasing that device to say, this is the intro level. This is going to have these features for the person that wants peace of mind, knowing that if they lose their 24 word seed phrase, their assets are still safe. I think that'd have been a better approach. But again, hindsight is 2020. So love to hear your thoughts on this matter. If you find this interesting, as usual, I would greatly appreciate it if you do leave a review on whichever podcast app that you are listening to this on especially if it is Apple Podcasts, it really helps out this show. But either way, I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.